You're listening to Nostalgia Be Damned. Hello, everybody. My name is Zach. I'm Brandon. Welcome to another episode of Nostalgia Be Damned, the show where we take some of your favorite movies from your childhood and we watch them objectively without the rose-colored glasses, let you know, are these movies actually good or is your nostalgia blinding you? This week, we watched 1993's family sports comedy, Cool Runnings. Did we ever, Brandon, our first look into the magic of Disney Plus. <laughs> our first John Candy movie, too, I think. Oh my God, our first John Candy movie. You know, I, I tweeted out something on the Twitter. By the way, follow us on Twitter. It works. That was something along the lines. <laughs> yeah, it does. That was something along the lines of uh, downloading Disney Plus for the first time. What's the first movie you watch? Cool Runnings. <laughs> Mm. One dream for Jamaicans, 20 below zero. <laughs> Brandon, uh, <laughs> do you remember the first time you saw this movie? I watched it a bunch as a, as a young kid. We didn't have the VHS. It must have been at a family member's house, though, or some, someone had this movie that I saw often, but it wasn't in my own personal collection. But huge fan of John Candy at the time. You know, I'm watching movies like Uncle Buck, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Home Alone, you know, yearly. So I see this guy all the time. And unfortunately, yeah, he passed away far too soon. And so it's always been kind of a, a fun movie that I've revisited, but I haven't seen probably in a good 10 years or so, 10, maybe 15 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I haven't seen this movie in a while. I think I, I've probably seen it maybe like hammered. <laughs> the last time I saw it. <laughs> that seems to be a trend, a dangerous trend with us. Yeah, yeah, a dangerous one. But uh, the first time I saw it, I think I was over at a friend's house and he just happened to have the VHS of it. And uh, not really a movie that ever spoke to me as a child. I know a lot of people do. A lot of people have really good memories of this movie, though. Yeah, it appeals to a lot of different people. The, the sports crowd, the family crowd. It also kind of, I wouldn't say popularized Jamaican fever or Jamaican culture in America, but I, but I do believe that it kind of brought that culture to the forefront, and we were kind of obsessed with it in the early 90s. Like, there was a huge boom in in uh, reggae music, and, and Bob Marley came back to being super popular, not that he ever really went away, but I just feel like this was kind of the time that we were all in on Jamaica. Mm -hmm. And uh, Brandon, when you were watching this, did you ever get the feeling, and, and I'll be very upfront, I don't know that much about Jamaican culture, but did you get the feeling when you were watching this that something had to have been racist here? There's something <laughs> you're seeing here that must be racist. Yeah. Like, I just, I can't put my finger on it, but I know something's not right here. I can't quite tell what it is either, and I'm definitely not, I'm not the referee to make that call, you know what I mean? I can't make it. No, Brandon, but you, but Brandon, 100% no, stop, right. stop. <laughs> As a white male, I want you to tell me what was wrong. <laughs> Blonde hair, blue eyes. Tell me what was wrong. <laughs> it's, of course, loosely based on the true story of the Jamaica national bobsled team's debut during the 1988 Winter Olympics in Canada. It's directed by John Turtletob, a man, God damn it, Zach, we are quite familiar with here on the show, as he directed previous episodes, Three Ninjas and National Treasure, as well as directing uh, While You Were Sleeping, Phenomenon, Instinct, future NBD episode The Kids, starring Bruce Willis, Disney Plus. Here we <laughs> fucking come, bro. Here, man. As well as National Treasure, Book of Secrets, The Sorcerer's Apprentice, Las Vegas, and The Meg. Jesus fucking Christ. He is all over the place. He is, and I might say this right off the top. Well, maybe I'll get into it later. Maybe this is one of his best films. Maybe. Wow. Huge maybe. fan of The Meg, I know you are, Zach, though, so we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> 
And I've definitely seen it. Haven't put it off yet. <laughs> it's a movie I've seen many times. Cool Runnings <laughs> was well received <laughs> by critics at the time and audiences alike. It's got a 77% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 7.0 on IMDb. One of our more highly rated films, I guess, that we've covered. Well, at least by audiences, right? Yeah, but I mean, the 77% on Rotten Tomatoes, we've covered a few, I guess, 80 Oh, I thought that was the audience score. I'm sorry. I'm not not actually paying attention to what you're saying. Oh, well, that makes sense, dude. Well, now you can see my face. This is, by the way, a little peek behind the curtain. The first time I'm actually seeing, looking your face... Uh, when we're doing this since our old days where we used to do this just sitting inches away from each other. It's been like a year or two since Brandon and I have actually seen each other's faces. Uh, listeners, he looks terrible. I mean, he just looks, <laughs> his eyes are sunken. He's losing his hair. He's got oh, a patchy fuck. beard. I mean, I've never seen someone just look so fucking terrible in my life. But, Zach, uh, you're looking good. Thanks, buddy. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just haggard. I, I'm worried about him. <sighs> I'm wearing my Rumham t-shirt. I can't. Oh my god, you are you are <laughs> yeah. wearing a Rumham yeah. t-shirt. Yeah. That's so that brings me back sweet. up just at least like one or two slots, right? No, your shirt looks great. Don't get me wrong, your shirt looks great. You yourself though, not good. Horrendous. Just awful. All right. Well, Cool Runnings was actually pretty successful at the box office as well. It cost $14 million to make it, earned $68 million here in the States, finishing 15th at the box office for the year of 1993, grossing less than other family films like Mrs. Doubtfire and previous NBD episode Free Willy, but did manage to outgross previous episodes Rookie of the Year, Nightmare Before Christmas, Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey, and Hocus Pocus, dude. I can't fucking believe it outgrossed Rookie of the Year. That's some bullshit. I st- <laughs> I'm still trying to wrap my head around the fact that Rookie of the Year made more money than The Nightmare Before Christmas, but whatever. It's on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> They're both on Disney+, Plus, brah. Yeah, but go ahead They're and watch. They're also both on our feed, nbd.podme.com. Check it out. That's true. What a plug. You're getting better at this. I'm trying. Uh, the movie, however, managed to make... $154 million worldwide, cementing it as a pretty big hit for Disney. In fact, at the time, it was the highest-grossing live-action film released under the Walt Disney Pictures banner. So the original cast, who was envisioned for this film, holy shit, man. Imagine if we got the cast that Disney wanted and pursued for this, okay? So as Darice, originally Denzel Washington. Ooh. As Sanka, Eddie fucking Murphy. Jesus. As Yule, Wesley Snipes. And as Junior... Marlon Wayans. Are you fucking kidding me? Where's this movie? I know. Can you imagine? All of them turned it down. <laughs> oh, no. What? <laughs> but thankfully, we got Dougie Doug. You know what I We did get Dougie Doug. Is there a single... Dougie Doug was a national treasure back in the 90s. That darn cat. You know, uh, Operation Dumbo Drop. He was also an Eight-Legged Freaks. Did you ever see that one with David Arquette about the giant Spideys? Yeah, I remember. I uh, I actually used to kind of enjoy that. Oh, uh, shit. Well, so lastly, the movie was originally meant to be a serious sports drama. The script was rewritten to be kind of funny. However, contrary to the story in the movie, the Jamaican team was met with open arms by the international bobsledding teams. One of the other teams even went so far as to lend the Jamaican team a backup sled so they could qualify. And the actual characters in the movie, not Based on their real names, the character of John Candy has been, you know, created essentially for the movie. So this isn't a very realistic, in the sense of a true sports biopic, but I think this movie did start off more serious in tone. John Candy came aboard, Disney kind of PG-ified it more so, and so this is what we're left with. And, you know, we'll find out if that was good or bad. You know, it's funny because this movie 
does well granted i can't remember being overly nostalgic about this film i do every winter olympics go out of my way to watch the jamaican bobsled team because of this movie oh do you I really think they're the, <laughs> yeah i think they're one of the most endearing olympic teams ever in real life because of because of this movie honestly well i mean and because it's a great story i mean a team from jamaica competing in bobsledding yeah it's is fucking absurd <laughs> in, in, in by itself the idea of it is crazy but i think it's really kind of popularized that sport um not just maybe in jamaica but i think internationally at least in america it's i mean international it probably doesn't need the fame but in north america for sure well yeah i can't name another bobsledding movie you know what i mean for all the sports we have all the sports movies that cover a variety of all these different games and sports that you'd think would have at least one more but no cool runnings was so fucking good they were like we can't top it don't try i'm on it i'm looking it up bobsled movie <laughs> well while you're doing that i'm gonna look into the start of this movie we begin in sunny Jamaica, November 1987, there's some push cart races going on. Looks like a super fun place to be, honestly. Everything's warm, sunny. Well, yeah, man, it's Jamaica. It's not uh, impoverished or anything. We're introduced to Doris Benick, played by the one-named actor Leon. That's the first credit on the screen, by the way. It's like Walt Disney presents Cool Running starring Leon. Damn. Oh, good. What a mic drop. I can't find any other bobsledding You're not gonna. I don't know why you even tried. (laughs) I mean, I was curious. (laughs) Leon is training to run the 100-meter dash for the upcoming Summer Olympics. He is the son of Ben Benick, a world-class runner and uh, gold-winning Olympian. And we meet him at the trial competition in which the top four athletes will be recruited to join the Jamaican Olympics men's running team. Doris, at the the start of this, he's seemingly got it all. He's got a beautiful girlfriend who comes... It just leaves this movie. I don't think we ever even see her again. Or if we do, it's like one or two shots here and there. <laughs> we see like a couple more shots. She is so inconsequential. Why even bother having her in the movie? Yeah, I'm not sure this movie passes the old Becknell test. But uh, Doris himself, he's got some fans. He's even got old women checking him out as he runs by. Like, I'd stare at that backside all day. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're checking him out. They're yeah. catcalling him. They're yeah. catcalling him. Sadly, though, he has the misfortune of meeting Junior at the qualifying run. Very nice gentleman who wishes him luck. He also wishes the gentleman sit, standing right next to him, uh, Yule. He wishes him luck. Yule Brenner, I believe, is what this character's name is, not the actor. I guess that's a, a again. If they made this character up, I don't know why they decided to put this lame little joke in there. But whatever, it's fine. Yule Brenner, that's the guy's name, uh, and he's not so nice off the top here. He's pretty competitive. <laughs> this is ridiculous. I don't even know how this happens. But Junior, like an asshole, trips and drags both of yeah, them down. Yeah, all three of them go during down during this. <laughs> can you imagine how pissed you'd be i mean it it what sucks too is like so there's four spots and those three guys are all fast enough to to secure a top three spot like all three of them could be going to the olympics and this movie doesn't happen uh but junior is a fucking idiot he can't fucking walk two feet without tripping over himself he would what, what a loser yeah he's a mama's boy he's a rich boy he's always getting picked on by his other you know co-athletes did we skip over the downhill derby well i had mentioned yeah there's some push carts here and that'll come back in later on because one of the gentlemen who who was i guess uh, competing in this is because it's little kids right it's the little derby kid scene i yeah i guess if uh, there's probably a couple adults no (laughs) no so i think (laughs) yeah so i think the concept of this is that 
the adults are pushing the cart and the kids are driving it, maybe? Maybe they build the carts, too. I'm not sure. I, I genuinely don't understand. <laughs> I, I genuinely was very confused watching this scene. But but there's a big, huge line in that scene that keeps coming back, though. He he crashes the cart, and he comes in, and he goes, Are you dead? And he goes, Yeah, man. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're right. That is a callback, isn't it? Holy shit. Yeah. They say Oof. it like six or seven times in this <laughs> they movie. Do it. They That's the really it. drive it home. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway... Darius, Yule, and Junior all disqualified from their uh, run because they have felt like assholes. Darius is told by, I guess, by his mentors, even the government. Who's this guy he keeps going to see? It's like a... he's the uh, he's the head of the Olympic Committee for Jamaica. Okay, all right, because because that guy just tells him, you know, hey, don't worry about it, man. Four years from now, you'll be able to train again, and it'll be all right. And Darius is like, what the fuck, dude? It's literally not a big deal. Yeah, what the fuck? Four years of my life wasted. And again, he, you know, he's trying to follow in his father's footsteps, but he notices on his way out this photo of him standing next to a very svelte John Candy stand-in. Uh, and he's like, who the hell's that? He's like, that's uh, Irv Blitzer, a friend of your old man, who had this crazy idea to put a Jamaican in a bobsled to win the Olympics. And then a little cartoon light bulb goes off. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well, because, yeah, he was an American bobsled, two-time gold medalist at the 1968 Winter Olympics. He finished first in two events, again during the 1972 Winter Olympics, but was disqualified for reasons we'll soon learn. But Darius sets off to get Irv's help as it's his last real shot at qualifying for the Olympics, because he doesn't feel he's strong enough in, what, like cycling? There's a few other things that he just knows he couldn't be able to place him, realistically. I guess, yeah. And on his way out of the office, he's like, one last question. What's a bobsled? We're in for a good time. By the way, you know what blew my goddamn mind? The composer of this movie, fucking Hans Zimmer, did the score for this. I was like, wait, what? What? Yeah. I was waiting for like a wah. Yeah, what? That's ridiculous. Not a single wah or violin or cello screech or anything, man. I mean, I guess some of the like more dramatic music, especially towards the end, where or you know, in the sad moments where like you, there's an actual orchestra, but 98% of this movie is just filled with like... <laughs> it's like reggae songs. Yeah, with yeah. like drums. <laughs> so first up, he gets his best friend Sanka Coffee to join his team again. 90s all-star, Dougie Doug, huge fan. Doris explains to Sanka the predicament he's in and convinces him to join when Sanka learns that bobsledding is really just push carts without wheels. But... It's on ice? Ooh, dude. They're... On ice? Dude, I like his reactions here because he goes on forever. Like, it's winter. I've never even seen snow before. Yeah, and they really, I mean, like, they really drive this home, too. On ice? On Zach? ice? Oh, <laughs> I'm not going in the cold, sir. That's my Jamaican accent. What do you think, dude? We we do meet our lovable, hard-drinking, pool-playing, low-life bookie hero, Irv Blitzer, the legend himself, John Candy. He's a bookie. He's not taking any bets, though. Yeah, it just looks like he's just betting on his on horses. I don't know if he's a bookie. I think this movie, this movie tried to pull a fast one on us, Brandon. Well, he refuses to help them, and he, he does so for a while until I guess after just constant persistence and pressure, where they and even more threats that they'll continue to do this forever until he agrees to do so. He just breaks down and agrees to train them. It's really like a hostage situation for for a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Darius explains what what really gets him in is this is going to be the last your last opportunity to prove what you always thought would happen that if you could somehow get a Jamaican sprinter <laughs> team you know it'll work and I guess he's like fuck it man this is it 
I wonder if there's any, I don't know enough about bobsledding to know if there's any sort of <laughs> like science, science, science behind this. I don't know if this is a theory that sticks like, oh man, if only we could get Usain Bolt in a bobsled. <laughs> like, I just don't know if this checks out. Irv relents and they eventually recruit Yule and Junior. Yule, very angry with Junior, understandably, when he's brought in, but there's no one else. They literally need four team members and this is all they've got. So here we go. You're introduced to the first ever Jamaican bobsled team. So we begin training. You know, he teaches them the positions of the bobsled. Sanka's pretty pissed off that he can't be the driver because, of course, he drove the push carts, but ultimately decides to be the brake man because the driver is essentially responsible for the lives of the men in the bobsled. And that's Doris, brah. I want to take a pause at this moment because there, this, scene, this scene in particular seems to drive home this idea that Doris is destined to be, you know, the biggest hero in the world like he he is the guy that we are going to focus on in this movie and then his arc just kind of stops here we start focusing way more on the other guys it seems like and john candy did did you get this sense at all i did i did and and he kind of suffers from being that like the straight man in the movie where i think the other characters just have more personality and more thing, you know, more problems in their life, more things for them. They're more relatable, honestly, because he just seems like a yeah, a Christ figure runner. <laughs> well, I was gonna say it really. They really don't give him much of a backstory if you think about it. The other, well, I guess the comic relief doesn't really have sock. What was his name? <laughs> like Sanka, yeah, Sanka, Dougie Doug. yeah, Dougie Doug. I mean, like he's comic relief, so he doesn't really count. But um, the other two runners, you know, one of them's has a rich father that doesn't approve of him becoming a world-class athlete. We'll get into that. And then the other and then one... Yule thinks he's going to get away to live in Buckingham Palace, right? Yeah, is trying... is Well, it's, it's him trying to escape poverty. Like, those are two decent story arcs for a movie. But Doris doesn't really have that. He's just, oh, yeah, I'm a guy who tripped during my Olympic qualifier, and I just want to... Yeah, he's a victim of circumstance, and like, because he didn't even really cause the trip. I don't even learn his girlfriend's name. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know his girlfriend's name at all. And John Candy's the character here. It's fucking like it's a devastating character when you break it down. Like he's embarrassed his family, himself, his country, his team, and had to like leave, left to go to Jamaica to become like an impoverished bookie. (laughs) He's essentially he's essentially Pete Rose. Well, it's training montage. Bitches. Oh, is it ever? Push off techniques, cold weather endurance. Dougie Doug's frozen in an ice cream truck. He chips off a dreadlock. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they have to break six seconds. If you don't break six seconds or under, you, you really have no shot at even qualifying, really. On the, on on the push, push off. off, yeah. Yes. Um, and that's <laughs> realistically, he's doing this entire. <laughs> really, I have to break this down. John Candy's plan basically boils down to if we can master this six seconds because you guys are Jamaican sprinters, that will give us the edge and we will win. Like it's literally make or break in that six seconds. The rest of it, I guess, as long as you, I mean, if you drive correctly and all this other stuff, he can teach that, but it's the six seconds that he thinks a Jamaican Bob's, a Jamaican bobsled is really going to make the difference. I think, you know, I understand the charm of this movie where it's, you know, uh, we're doing the best we can with what we got, but think about the realities of this movie where they would be sending off a group of guys who have never even seen the cold and their first taste of actually competing in an Olympic sport 
is during the qualifiers. Like, <laughs> yeah, dude, it blew my mind. We'll get there in just a sec. But when they actually arrive and they've never even like put on skates and they're like, what's ice is slippery. Yeah, they've never like, been on ice point? before. They haven't even seen ice? It, it, you know, it, they play it off as some big joke, but think of the realities of the situation in real life. Yeah. It's just, it's unfathomable that this would actually happen. I, it, it makes me curious. I got to go back and look up the actual Jamaican bobsled team and see did they actually had they ever been on ice before they competed? I do want to look more of this story up because I'm also curious if Junior or if there was a character that that somehow accidentally sabotaged these other guys or if they even knew each other before they became the team or however how this all worked. But whatever. Let's stick with the movie. They need twenty thousand dollars to get to the Olympics. And no sponsor will take them seriously because they're a fucking Jamaican bobsled team. So the four of them try to find various ways to earn some money. You know, Yule arm wrestles for cash. I was going to say, how are we going to do this? Another montage, Brandon. Get the fuck out of here, man. Another montage? That's right. Another montage. Here we go. Well, Yule's... First or second of many. (laughs) At least the second. Maybe we've had more. Yule arm wrestles for cash. Uh, Doris and Sanka set up a kissing booth. The line for which is crazy long on Doris's side. This is we do get one shot of his girlfriend. He was like, "What are you doing?" All disappointed that he's kissing chicks for money. All right. Thought it was gonna be like a big emotional arc in this movie. Nope, no. they're fine in the next scene. That like <laughs> acting like nothing went wrong. Uh, ultimately, though, they only managed to scrounge together a few hundred dollars until Junior, of course, sells his car. They get the twenty grand. He didn't tell his dad though what he was doing so that's gonna set up some family strife in the future and uh they're off to canada and they're in for a rude awakening when they arrive it is cold as hell i believe it's negative 25 degrees in calgary or wherever this takes place i think it's calgary alberta uh, canada snow blowing blowing around everywhere we get this awful like little sped up sanka bundling up bit where he gets into his clothes and uh, dude this made me there are a few jokes in here that were very adult one of which is when dougie doug all wrapped up in like a tortilla human like like a uh, jacket blanket comes outside and like starts breathing and they're like what you smoking sanka and he's like i'm just breathing yeah man. i remember that oh, can boy. you do more of your jamaican i'm so accent? sorry yeah. Yeah, i'm no, so keep going sorry. yeah well I, I I apologize More to all the listeners. Though, yeah, so to sorry. all the listeners we've lost in this episode. We've got to really start being careful. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Oh, my God. Well, so in order to compete, they have to complete the track safely in one minute, two seconds, or under. So Irv meets up with an old colleague to get a sled because they came all the way to Canada without one, I guess. They've got five grand to buy one. They get this old rusty shit box. It's kind of beat up. This is the first time the team has put on skates. Lots of falling down on butts. And then we get their first reveal to their competitors. And it's a classic walkout. Everyone's silent. They all start staring at them. And yeah, they're the fish out of water, dude. Yeah, man. Uh, no one wants them there. One of them. <laughs> one of those naysayers. Perfect example of a 90s adult bully. White, oh my God. blonde comb over. <laughs> I was going to say, not only a 90s adult bully, but a 90s adult European bully. He's so foreign. He's German, right? This is the German team? Uh, I can't remember if it's German or Iceland. The I, East it, German team. Yep, yep. Uh, the e- oh, shit. The East German team, dude? dude? these aren't the West Germans. Oh, these fuck. The East yeah. Germans. It's fucking Josef Gruel, one of the best drivers in the world. I can't fuck the East Germans, man. Well, their first pa- practice run goes awfully uh sanka screams the whole way they crash the sled 
And the team is not holding it together. They're bickering all the time. You know, uh, Sanka calls Yule foolish for wanting to live in Buckingham Palace. This whole time, he's been carrying around this photo, thinking if he just escapes Jamaica, eventually he'll make enough money to someday live here. And he's like, that's that's Buckingham Palace, bud. I'm sorry, unless you marry royalty, you're never going to get there. You're kind of an idiot. <laughs> kind of, essentially, is what he's telling him, you know. And Junior, though, despite having problems with Yule, encourages him to work hard for what he wants. And it'll happen eventually, man. They're starting their friendship growing. You see it, Zach? You see it? Yep, yep. Oh, one of, you know, you, unlikely couple, Brandon. It's what they are. Their next run goes even worse. They lose control of the sled and they're photographed doing so, landing on the front page of the paper back home, which angers Junior's family. It's here that Doris learns from one of the competitors that Irv, you know, John Candy, he actually lost his medals and was disqualified for cheating back in the day, hence why he no longer has the respect of the organization. Junior, meanwhile, is getting word from his father demanding that he comes home. <laughs> okay, this scene starts off, and I was very worried. I was very worried when I start to see a country western-themed bar. They're square dancing, and I'm like, oh boy, where are we going with this? Yeah, I, this is... Uh, the movie's treading into waters at <laughs> this like, point. You're on thin ice movie, pun intended. Yeah. Ooh, because it's a move, Brandon. Let me explain why <laughs> your joke landed. Yeah, yeah, please do. Let me explain why your joke landed there. This movie is about bobsledding, which is on ice, and you made the joke that the movie was on thin ice. So it's here that Yosef, you know, classic 90s adult bully, he starts acting like a real chode. He's calling him out, telling him to keep it down, and he doesn't call them by their names. He just keeps calling them Jamaica. Jamaica. <laughs> What, an, Fuck, what an East German thing to do. <laughs> classic East Germany. Fucking East Germany, man. <laughs> Junior and Yule have a bonding moment in the bathroom where Yule pumps Junior up, you know, tells him he's a badass mother, and with his newfound confidence, he demands respect from Yosef. He's pushed to the ground, though, like a little bitch, till Yule steps in, punches Yosef, Yusuf, whatever his name is, starts a fight with the East German team. You don't do that, dude. They're not from the West. No, dude. They Listen, they live on the other side of a wall. They're on the, <laughs> yeah, they're on the wrong side of the tracks, dude. The East side. Yeah, you got to be fucking careful the east side of the freaking wall, man. At the hotel room, you know, Darice reprimands his team. He's pissed off because they're embarrassing them. You don't get into a fight. The three of them are not taking him seriously until Irv shows up infuriated by their behavior. I also remember Darice's one thing in this second half of the movie is that he's obsessed with the Swiss team. That's right. Like, a weird obsession with the Swiss team. Like, oh my god, they're so fucking good at bobsledding. Well, we're setting up this, you know, this... I think his last arc, or really anything that he has to do to change over the course of the movie, is maybe to embrace his Jamaican heritage. Like, he keeps wanting to copy other teams, their routines, their... their. Uh... You know what it is, Brandon? He starts, he starts getting a little too white. <laughs> That's what it is, yeah. The, I think that is actually what the movie's saying, though, is like... You know, that's one of the things that I wanted to bring up in this movie. And maybe I was going to wait until after our on our final thoughts. But I, I feel like I can bring it up now. This movie feels like it's trying to wade into these waters of racial tension, this divide between black and white. But it never, ever takes that leap. No. You know what I mean? It, it feels like this movie could have been done more of like a remember the Titans. You know what I mean? Like less and it's funny you brought that up earlier at the beginning of this podcast that this movie at one point was supposed to be more of a serious sports movie. It feels like it could have benefited from that and probably has a better message to share. 
if it is taking itself a little bit more seriously. There's a lot, uh, it's a lot of subtext. There's a lot of stuff that they just leave unexplored. And I do feel like in a more adult or serious themed movie, this could have played better and honestly been a better film. However, I, I did kind of appreciate the fact that they are kind of making this a kid's movie. And so in this in this sense, I do feel like it doesn't, it never feels heavy handed, which I did appreciate. Like it's super light, super breezy. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like the fact that they didn't get into that per se, just with the tone that they're striking here. Cause I feel like it would have really, you know, clashed with what they're going for. However, I do believe a better story is probably found in the more dramatic uh, adult version of this story. Well, so I guess you got to make that choice then. Would you have rather seen maybe a better story with a little bit more actual real-life tension, or do you want to see a movie like this that's mostly for kids and family? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think it it would have been a better film had you done this more dramatic, but this is is what we got, man. (laughs) I agree. So bright and early the next morning, the team wakes Irv up to train hardcore because they want to prove to him and the world that they're ready for this shit, and how are they going to do that, dude? Montage? Goddamn montage, bro. We're going to set it to rise above it by lock, stock, and barrel. Fuck. Yeah, dude. They even get some sexy new uniforms. Uh, They're ready. Oh, my God. They got got those tight-ass uniforms, bro. Yeah, and where is Dougie Doug putting this lucky egg that he's constantly kissing and whatnot? You really want the answer to that question, Brandon? It always comes up unbroken, and he's always super glad that it didn't ruin whatever area he's placed it in. So I'm kind of (laughs) curious, man. Well, it's time to qualify. The league, like a bunch of chodes, just changed the requirements last minute. Now they've got to get in a minute or less. Fucking so stupid. Fuck this movie. <laughs> Dude, these goddamn asshole uh this committee is the How worst. funny is it too that you you mentioned in the beginning that it was kind of the opposite that they really embraced the Jamaican bobsled <laughs> team in real life, but Disney's like, "No, like they got to make it. There needs to be conflict." There needs to be yeah. conflict. And it's so funny because I remember watching this movie at the beginning thinking, "Where is the where is the villain? Where is the friction in this movie other than... Yosef! Well, no. I mean, like, in the first half of this movie, before they travel to Canada, I keep thinking, what what is the conflict in this movie? The sun? <laughs> the, oh, like, junior? heat? Oh, oh, no. Okay, yeah, sure. No, I mean, no. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, lack like, of snow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Lack of snow seems to be the only villain. And then towards the second half of this movie, everyone's a villain. <laughs> There's too many. Yeah, it's everyone is against these poor guys. Uh, the sled, by the way, I don't know if we've mentioned this, but it gets a name. Zach, what do you think they call this sled? I can't remember, Brandon. I can't. I can't fucking remember. What do you mean you can't remember? It's cool running. They call it cool running. <laughs> oh, is that? It? <laughs> yeah, they call it cool. I'm running. not gonna lie, Brandon. Oh, this shit. movie, you, you genuinely this, forgot. Yeah, about this that, this you? movie hit a uh, this movie hit a wall for me at around this point where I was like, okay, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready well, for I, this. I will say they fly through this last bit. This bit here, I would picture in any other movie. Oh, this movie 
ends. <laughs> yeah, in, in any other movie, this section here is an hour long of them getting to training, like getting to the where they're having the Olympics. Their different qualifying runs, you know, the 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 conflicts between the other teams. That's all stretched out for mostly the second and third acts of a typical movie. No, here this all wraps up in like twenty five minutes. <laughs> you really only get two scenes where they're actually bobsledding. And spoiler alert, Brandon, they don't finish either run. <laughs> they don't. But I I do I do believe these uh bob's oh, no scenes? three there's three and there's one where they actually finish that's true yes yes well i love the way they're shot i love the sequencing here john turtletop dude these are super intense sequences it's beautiful i mean it looks really really good I, it's crazy because it, they're not that this movie looks bad but there's nothing really that stands out as oh this is cool or this is a beautiful shot until we get to these bobsledding shots the action sequences look amazing. Yeah, it's like suck fucking Ford V Ferrari in here. They they've got like the wides, but I love when they do the close up shots, like the camera set in front of the bobsled as it's racing down the track. It seems super dangerous, and I I just love the way they're shot. Really cool. They also incorporate actual footage from the Olympics in there of mm-hmm. the actual Olympics, you know, Jamaican bobsledding team, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but they do manage to qualify. They make it in fifty nine forty six. Unfortunately, their celebration is uh, cut short when they're immediately notified that they've been disqualified uh, because I guess they didn't place in a regional championship uh, run or something like that. They had to compete earlier. But then, <laughs> according to John Candy, you know, in the year of an Olympics, it you can use this Olympic run as an actual run. It's like, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to stop you. This is a real so, dodgeball yeah, underdog this is so situation. fucking convoluted <laughs> and stupid. It, it really... It feels, this does feel tacked on, legitimately. I know we say that a lot, but it legitimately feels tacked on where they were looking at their runtime and realized that they were at least 10 minutes shy yeah. oh, of fuck. their goal. Yeah. Shit. Because it's immediately, you know, turned around. They resolve it immediately, yeah. <laughs> it's immediately Like, there's around. one scene where John Candy gets to flex his considerable acting talent Dude, great scene i good. like this a lot because he goes in there mm-hmm. to basically plead his case he's like if you're pissed at me for cheating all those years ago i completely understand i'm sorry punish me don't punish these guys you know an athlete's dream is to become an olympian it's the most important like his whole speech about how what being an olympian means it's pretty it's pretty uh, inspiring it's it's a decent scene um i'm surprised no one started slow clapping Oh, we get a slow clap. We get a slow clap later on that had me laugh out loud. Oh, later on, but I mean, in this me, I, there's a couple of moments where there could have been slow claps in this movie. It's uh, not great. Yeah, not great. And then we get another little cliche that John Candy does at least, I think, at least two, maybe three times, because he just did it earlier. He got the call. The guy he was like, "We've been disqualified." He turns oh, when he to- when he gets the letter back. <laughs> yeah. Well, the first one, yeah, when he gets the call, he's like, we've been disqualified, and they're all looking at him, and I'm expecting him to, like, just be like, just kidding, because he's waiting such a long time, and then it cuts to him in the little boardroom scene where he's talking to everybody. Then, the very next scene, they're all just waiting in the hotel room, he gets a call, and he's like, who was that? And he's like, oh, it's just the committee. We're back in! (laughs) Everyone's like, oh, fuck yeah, man! Classic Zimmer, man. But Junior's dad... He has come to collect, and Junior manages to get some balls. He stands up to him and stays to compete. (sighs) Unfortunately, they come in, what, last place during their first official run? They crash in the middle of it, I think, and uh, they're bad off the the gates. They can't all get into the sled. They're really wobbly, and 
shitty. I mean, they're shitty. Yeah, not very good. And uh, they have a, a nice little heart-to-heart in the hotel room. This is like the fourth time we've gone back to the hotel room for them to kind of bond, but also bicker, but now they're back. It's all good. Whatever. Yes, this movie's very cliched. Feels a bit repetitive. It It is. <laughs> it is very cookie-cutter, yeah. boilerplate, inspirational sports comedy. I mean, it could have been. It could have been rookie of the year. It could, well, god damn it, no, because <laughs> no rookie of the year involves fucking like. Rubber Are you bands saying you want to watch rookie of the year something. again? All right, leave us a comment on our Facebook if you'd like us to watch rookie. We're of coming the year up again. on a hundred. I'm down. We're coming up on a hundred episodes. I mean, in the next few weeks, when we do that, a good retrospective on rookie of the year is in order. Yeah, absolutely. Not like Space Jam, our first episode. <laughs> oh god. Well, uh, it's at this point. That yeah, Darius has been going on and on about how the Swiss team's doing this and they're they're better at this and and finally Dougie Doug tells him you know what we need to embrace being Jamaican so they embrace their heritage they they are they they go out the next day singing that song that they've sung a thousand times before but I still can't remember the words uh it's uh, uh we uh, Jamaica's something got a Jamaican team. team yeah Jamaica's <laughs> go. got yeah, a bobsled like team it seems to have worked because they're having the best run ever well and then and when they when they push off this time because they've been counting in I think German the entire time they've been counting down from yes. German to go and instead they come up with a rhyme Brandon do you know what the rhyme is no do you feel the rhythm feel the rhyme I forgot the middle part it's bobsled time cool running yeah <laughs> yeah and then cool running cool runnings and then, and then yeah. like, cool runnings <laughs> and then and then that's the end of the movie what are your thoughts no, no. They what? fucking crush it, dude. They nail 56-53. They scored eighth place. I turned it off. What? <laughs> oh, no, man. Later that night, uh, Darice asks Irv why he cheated. And, you know, John Candy tells him, you know, when you need to win your entire life, it's basically what his need to win kind of forced him to play it dirty. Yeah, it made him a, a terrible person. And if you're wondering how he cheated, he put weights in the front of the bobsled um yep i was waiting for something insane yeah like i don't know he was taking steroids or he was you know setting people's houses on fire before the competition (laughs) (laughs) well i wondered i thought he when he's like i needed to win like he had placed money on it and like again like kind of hinting at his bookie future i guess but no none of that it's not that he just says you know no i just made the sled heavier a gold medal is great but if you're not enough without it then you'll never be enough with it doesn't he ask like, "What does that mean?" Or no, "How will I know if I'm enough?" Ugh, yep. Just <laughs> once you cross that finish line, you'll know. <clears throat> Fucking way out. what kind of stupid? Yeah, what kind of stupid ass question is that? That he farts in his face. <laughs> Crop dusts the room and exits. Yeah. Next day, this is when they're having the best run of their entire career. All three weeks of it, <laughs> and uh, yeah, they're they're on pace to break a record. Yeah, because they're so fast. About getting in. world record. Granted, Brandon, they've been on ice for exactly a week. Yeah, but they're Jamaican <laughs> sprinters. Makes sense. It doesn't. Just as they think they're going to fucking win this thing, the sled starts to break down, and the ski itself actually, I think, breaks off. They tip over, and this is where we actually cut to real footage. This is the actual crash of the bobsled team tipping over, 
And when we get those like close-up insert shots, which are you know obviously made for the movie, his hit their, their heads slamming against where their heads are <laughs> scraping the against ice. the ice. Oh my yeah. god, it's violent! Well, it looks like all their fucking necks have broken from just slamming against the, the, the tube. You the know what? Of this track. I will say, and again, this goes back to how well these bobsledding shots are. That is the moment where I watched this movie and thought to myself, "Wow." This is a super dangerous sport. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's oh that line earlier God. where John Candy says, like, the driver has the lives of the other guys in his hands. And you're like, you could fucking die very easily at any time. If you make one wrong turn, that thing flips. You're going 80 miles an hour. Have you watched bobsledding in real life? They go fucking fast. It's yeah. Well, I've also uh, been on an air tube, dude. And I've, uh, you know, gone down some pretty slick hills in my day back in the day as a kid crushing I it fucking killing I, it <laughs> slamming can I, ass. Uh, can i talk to you in the other room for a second really quick brandon we'll be right back uh you just hear like whispering what the fuck are you fucking ki- are you what? fucking kidding me that was the stupidest joke yeah fucking heard. air tubes snow tubing yeah it's go out of your fucking you mind shit. we're gonna lose listeners ow, <laughs> you son ow, of a bitch ow, ow. <laughs> but uh yeah the, the the sled breaks down they crash they tip over you know, they're mere yards away from the actual finish line. And I really love the, this is a fucking, I love these, these things are so cliched and hackneyed and sentimental mm-hmm. and they're really trying to, you know, you could tell they're fucking twisting the knife, but this whole, like everything's silent. The people are running in slow motion. He's so close to the finish line and he realized like, God damn it. Had I only just gotten this much further. We would have been in. And so they pull a real Ricky ball. I was going to say, and then Henry throws the ball underhand and strikes out the Yankee batter. The Cubs win. <laughs> What a great! Uh, I love rookie of the year, man. No, Your thoughts? No, Nights because he's got to finish the race. So he, they all four of them they get out, they pick up the sled, and they're walking in silence for a while until something cracks that silence. Uh, what could it possibly be? <laughs> a lone, <laughs> a lone single clap from who? Who is clapping for this team? Is it Yosef? Yosef, East oh German Yosef himself. That doesn't check out. Everybody That's knows East very German. West German thing. Yeah, to do, what yeah. It is very West German <laughs> of him to slow clap. Holy shit! Everyone starts cheering them on. Uh, even Irv's, you know, old partners, Junior's dad's there. He's wearing like a Jamaican bobsled team, and he's cheering them on. Where'd they get all this fucking merchandise from in a day? By the way. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Because even the commentators are having them on like, I'm Team Jamaican. I, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, man. And yeah, they cross the finish line. Everyone's cheering. Yosef's even like, we'll see you in four years, Jamaica. Like he now, you know, they've earned his respect. Yeah. Because they almost fucking died. <laughs> yeah, because they almost won. They didn't because win. because they Because they crashed in three of their four runs in this movie. <laughs> wow. You guys deserve to be here. I would argue opposite. I'd argue you guys need a little bit more training. (laughs) Well, now that they've seen ice, hopefully they can do a bit better next time. But I was wondering it, and the audience finds out. Title cards at the end here, they tell us they returned home as heroes and actually came back to the Olympics four years later as equals. They sure did. Cool fucking runnings. (laughs) (sighs) What'd you think, man? John Candy at his best? 
uh, John Candy is good in this movie, but I mean, he's only one facet of it. It really, it's not a terrible movie. It, I mean, overall, there's nothing outstanding about it, but there's nothing, you know, I have so many of these movies that we watch on this podcast that say, just drive me fucking better than Jack. Yeah, Frost. that just drive yeah. me up the wall because there's so many bad ideas and stupid things. I, I mean, this movie, I, I guess coming in, I never was super nostalgic about this movie. Um, and so there's nothing really that I personally can go back and say, oh, yeah, it was great to rewatch it. Um, I, you know, it's it's for kids. It's not not for men nearing their 30s. <laughs> um, that being said, I think if this is a movie that you were super nostalgic about and you quote all the time, as I have plenty of friends who do, um, I think it holds up. And I think it is a movie that you could absolutely show some of your kids. Um, I don't think there's anything offensive about it. And as far as filmmaking goes, it's, I mean, like you said, the bobsledding shots are amazing. Um, everything else is fine. I, I, it is so very run of the mill and maybe that hurts it a little bit is that it is such a, you know, cliche, in terms of sports comedies, it's not the worst one I've ever seen. It's certainly not the best. What, what did it have? A 72? It doesn't matter. I'm 77. 77. Yeah. Pretty high. I'm not going to give it a 77. I think that's a little too high. I think it's, well, not terrible. I don't think it's that exciting. I'm going to go ahead and give it a 65. That's understandable. I, yeah. I, I think I think it is so middle of the road in terms of a movie. Um and like I said, if you loved this movie as a kid, absolutely give it a second watch. Um, if you are seeing it for the first time, uh, there probably won't be anything f- for you, but it's not terrible. Yeah, I, I, I'm almost exactly where you are. I think it's a super just agreeable, amiable, uh, enjoyable watch. It's nothing that's going to really challenge you, which is why I do think it actually does hold up for kids even of today. I think they'll get some entertainment out of this. It's just, you know, so incredibly straightforward, cookie cutter. You're, you're right. But uh, at the same time, I do think John Candy is always a welcome presence, and I think he does deliver a pretty decent performance here. The four uh, Jamaican bobsledders, they're all at least entertaining, despite not being given a lot to work with. And, yeah, the, the actual sport, the action scenes of it are competently shot, some of them really well done when we get into the Olympics portion of this. But... It's worth the rewatch for 90s kids, like you said, who did like it. I do think it would hold up for kids today if you want to maybe put it on Disney+. Plus. If you're looking to show your kids something from this era, I think this is one that's uh, pretty digestible. It also is not nearly as racist as I worried it could be going into it. Oh, I was so convinced it was going to be racist when we started watching it. I was very worried this was going to be hard to watch in terms of political correctness, and it honestly really isn't. It's fairly respectful to the culture it's it's just a fun movie i, I think it, it just goes down super smooth so i'm gonna say 65 i'm maybe even bumping up to a 70 i think it's a solid like three out of four star movie it's it's good yeah i i think it could have benefited and i know we talked about this earlier i think it could have benefited from a stronger message and I, i'm sure there you have to have these movies where you just kind of turn it off you know turn all the issues of society off and this is definitely one of those movies which is fine there's nothing wrong with that but i think if you wanted to make a better movie i think you have to take that dive into some of 
I, I mean, let's just face the reality there. There was probably some back in when this actually happened in real life. There was probably some racial tension. Oh, yeah, late eighties, yeah, yeah. And I'm, sh- you know, and even if even if everybody was welcoming to that Jamaican bobsled team when they showed up, you know, there's people watching at home that have less than you know great thoughts about yeah. it. So I, I think. This movie could have benefited from taking that plunge, but it's, I guess, for what it is, it's fine that it doesn't. Yeah, I'd argue if this movie was made today, even for a kid audience, it would have those messages. And, and that it has, would, yeah, I think it has that to. That would be at least touched upon in, in the 2020 version of Cool Runnings, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I don't want to see a 2020 version of Cool Runnings, but I could see how it would be made. Very true. Uh, we will be seeing a 2020 version of next week's movie. Uh, we're, Ooh, yeah, we're actually we, well. Yeah, let's let's hold off. Let's hold off till we get ever. to yeah. Let's hold off till we get to our through our recommends. Zach, do you have anything you want to recommend or not recommend this week? Um, yeah, I'll give you a a recommend and a not recommend. Actually, why don't you go first because my not recommend. It goes okay, down sure smoothly. Thing. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, well, my, I have a recommend and a not recommend. My recommend is I did finally get a chance to watch Marriage Story. Dude, it, it's depressive as all hell, but also kind of kind of hopeful in the end. Phenomenal performances, really well written. I know that we talked about that clip out of context. Uh, Adam Driver telling Scarlett Johansson to die. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but in the in the context of the movie, I, I, do, I do believe it works really well. Their, their performances are great. And uh, yeah, it's worth a watch, especially where it's on Netflix. One that is not fucking worth a watch. The first movie of 2020 I've seen so far, The Grudge. Ooh, remake. I heard it was Fuck. awful, dude. I I first off, I hated the 2004 version. Even as a young, like a teen, I wasn't even a teenager at the time. I loved The Ring, and I think The Grudge came out the year after The Ring. The Americanized versions, of course, loved that one, and was just so angered by the stupid look of these characters and the cat, the fact that this little boy's just meowing the whole goddamn time. So when I heard they were remaking it, I was like, all right, honestly, I have no qualms with this, and it could be decent. Saw the trailer, looked okay, well shot, anyway. But fuck, is it dull, man? One of the most dull, boring horror movies I've ever seen. Like, just, yeah, skip it all together. Sadly, John Cho comes out unscathed. That guy's a national treasure. But, uh, everybody, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a hard skip for okay. me. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and give a soft recommendation for John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch. Um, I <laughs> Was that funny? Yes and no. I, I think... Is it kid comedians all the way through, or does he do some stand-up as well? He does not do stand-up. It's... He kind of frames it almost as like uh like a Sesame Street special. It's basically a bunch of sketches, um, is what it is, with him talking to kids. And there's some legitimately funny things in it, as there it will be in John Mulaney stuff. Um I it's not my favorite thing he's ever done, to be perfectly honest. I think it's it's surprisingly wholesome, it's nice, um, and good for a couple laughs. But uh, you could skip it and feel like you're not missing out on anything. But I, I, is it is it kind of like Good Boys, where it's like kids saying raunchy nope. stuff, or is it fairly kid centric, family appropriate? Re- I mean, I wouldn't say it's entirely family appropriate, but like you would be okay. Your kid would be okay watching it. It is. It's it's weird. I mean, he's not joking when he's like, "No, I made a kid special." <laughs> and like, huh. and like, there's okay. definitely stuff for like. There's a lot of jokes that kids won't understand that adults will but it is just shocking that it's like you know this is the same guy that helps produce big mouth 
<laughs> and yeah. so this is more like all that. Not I. It, I can't even describe it. This is why I'm saying rec- I recommend it. A soft one. <laughs> all right, it's yeah, just, not just watch. Go yeah. in knowing it's not his. Not my favorite John Mulaney stuff. Um, but it is. There's a couple of good laughs in it. Um, I have a feeling I know what your next one's gonna. You be. will, I, and I'll get to it in a second. I was gonna. Uh, give a recommend slash not recommend to the new star Wars movie, Brandon, but I'm almost wondering if we should do a special on the new star Wars. movie. <laughs> I like, dude, we could, we could oh retrospect the new star Wars trilogy and how it affect, you know, based on our nostalgia, but I'm, I won't get into that right now. Um, but I will give you a hard, not recommend on the newest <laughs> Michael Bay joint. <laughs> Seven underground. This is six. Dude. Oh, six. six is that what it was? Yeah. Six underground. <laughs> you know it. But I think there were seven characters in it. Right? I don't fucking. I, 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 still dude, I don't know. I, I can't. No, I think it is six because I think the whole idea. I I won't spoil it for you, but it is. <laughs> I mean, it is peak Bay. It is like some guy, and I think I texted you this when I saw it. It is like watching a guy. Uh, who has been directing comic book movies for the last decade, just suddenly decide to make something ultra-violent <laughs> because he's been pent up with PG-13 rage. <laughs> yeah, I've heard all of his hard R-core, hard R-rated uh, indulgences. Oh, are on display he here. goes, I mean, it is full-on Michael Bay, and, like, the science behind some of it is fucking crazy and stupid. I mean, it's just... It's not good. It's it's no, bad. Like it's shame, you know. Yeah. How's Reynolds? How's Ryan Reynolds in it? Uh, he's. I mean, he's basically he's doing Deadpool, but he's doing he's doing Deadpool with Michael Bay dialogue. So there you go. Yeah. Like it's just. Well, he's it's it's a rough watch, man. And you know, if you're a fan of Michael Bay, I'm sure there's plenty there for well, you. Well, if you are a fan of Michael Bay, are you in luck? Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> next week we are going to the year 2003 for a very special film that's actually getting a sequel somehow. I, what, 15, I can't 16, believe it. 17 years later? Holy shit. We're doing Bad Boys 2. <laughs> oh, are we ever doing Bad Boys 2? And, and you're asking, why aren't you guys doing Bad Boys 1? Brandon, you and I have seen Bad Boys 2 more than we've seen Bad no Boys shit. 1. I've maybe seen Bad Boys, the first one, maybe twice in my life. And it has, it's has it been years. I think I've seen it's it one and a half years. times. Bad Boys 2, however, despite being, I think, 45 minutes longer than the first one, I've seen a shocking amount of times. I, I remember Bad Boys 2, would, and I'll go into this more in the pod next week, but it was on HBO all the time. And I think I watched it every single time. <laughs> This movie is textbook, early 2000s, racism, homophobia, violence to the, I mean, ridiculous degree. At one point, they're throwing human corpses out of the back of a fucking meat wagon, getting run over by cars. Like, holy shit. Oh, my God. I, you know what? I hate Michael Bay. I hate Michael (laughs) Bay, but I can't fucking wait to watch Bad Boys 2. It opens at a Klan's rally. It does. At a Klan rally, yeah. It does. It opens at a Klan rally. (laughs) Jesus. I mean, and it's just, it's such good timing because uh, Bad Boys 3 coming out Bad Boys for life, in case. Yeah, Bad Boys You'd think they would have waited for the fourth one to do that and then put the number four in there. You must have seen the trailers for it. Um, Yeah, with Will Smith and Martin Lawrence squared. (laughs) Dude, I was going to say Martin Lawrence looks fucking rough. (laughs) 
He looks not great in this new one. <laughs> He's not in peak bad boys physique for bad boys. <laughs> it seems like they're really playing into that too. Cause all the trailers I see in this, of this new one is Will Smith acting all fucking cool. Looking all well, Cause he doesn't look any shit. fucking different than he did in the first <laughs> two. And then Martin Lawrence is like cooking burritos and like sitting in a couch. Yeah, of course I'll see it. Especially after we watch bad boys too, which is on Netflix for, Listeners, if you want to catch up, I mean, obviously, if you've listened to the last five minutes, I think it's going to be one of our better episodes. <laughs> I can't wait. I know that once we actually sit through all fucking two and a half hours of it, we're going to be hating ourselves. I don't think I can but... watch this movie sober. <sighs> no. Well, the movie's about ecstasy, if I remember correctly. So maybe dude, they take knows? ecstasy yeah. at one point. They also have a very veil, like a one of those. Are they gay or are they just talking about something else conversations in that Best Buy-like store that gets broadcast over the whole, like, sound system? This is going to be a wreck. <laughs> it's, I, this is going to There's be. There's rats having sex in an attic oh at some God. point, This too, is going to be a fucking disaster. <laughs> this is going to be one of the roughest <laughs> movies we've ever. We, we were nervous about this movie being racist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we are like, doubling oh, down on that. Yeah, Yeah, we are really going at it. Michael Bay style. <laughs> well, feel free to please uh, tune in next week when we'll drop that episode. You can also check out many other episodes, many that were discussed on this show, right on our feed. That's nbd.podbean.com. You can also check us out on iTunes, Facebook. We're on Twitter. Zach, you're actually keeping up with that now. We're doing stuff. Yeah, I get really bored, and so I, I post stuff on Twitter every, <laughs> every Yeah, so again. please feel free to send us a message there on Facebook or on our uh, email address, nostalgiabedamnedpod at gmail.com. And please, for the love of God, tell a friend. Tell your friends. Tell that friend. Tell your friends. Uh, 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 we need support. I mean, I'm staring at Brandon right now. He looks gross. He it's looks haggard. like Martin Lawrence and Bad Boys Forever. <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> or bad boys for life. Best I'm sorry, for life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. for life. I God. mean, speaking of life, you just don't look like you got that much left in you, bud. <laughs> I just not looking great. I was gonna say it's definitely not forever. It's a life, and it'll end. It's soon, in months, probably. Soon. <laughs> Let's be honest. The podcast is ending soon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're Brandon's on death's door. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Well, if I'm still alive next week, uh, bad boys too. I'm excited. I am too, to a degree. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for listening, everyone. Have a good one. Oh, boy. Ready? Ready? Feel the rhythm. Feel the rhyme. Get on up. It's fun,